guys. Hey, I'm going to get out my notes here. Um, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm, it's really nice to be back. Um, I really had fun the last time we were here. Um, I, uh, I, as Kingsley said, I just got back from um, the UK, and uh, one of the things kind of the Lord was teaching me over there um, was about grace, and uh, it's, you know, we hear it a lot in the Christian circles, um, uh, but I've kind of come to the humbling realization that for um, much of my life, I, I've looked at God or lived my life and kind of viewed my relationship with the Lord um, on the basis of merit. And you guys know what merit is between merit versus grace. Merit is like if you earn something, whereas grace is, is, is like a free gift. Um, uh, I've, and because of that, I've totally misunderstood um, God. I've misunderstood the Lord. Um, so I've had the, the Lord's kind of had to reteach me a lot of things about grace lately. Um, it's, it's kind of hard when you have to relearn something. Um, sometimes we feel like we're too old to, to learn something or too mature. Um, that when I was 22, I, I, so I, I surf like Kingsley said, and, and for a number of years I used to go to Hawaii every winter. Um, and so when I was 22, that was my first year going to Hawaii. Hey, guys, just try and pay attention. That would be awesome. Um, so when I was 22, first, first year going to Hawaii for the winter, and, you know, it was the first surf trip, I'd, uh, like I said, I'd taken there. And, and so we were surfing every day, all day, and I was exhausted at night. You know, I'd come home, and I'd just pass out, basically. One night... Um, so I'm 22, right? Like, I'm a grown man, an adult, for, by most standards. Um, <laughs> okay. I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm peeing. Like, I'm peeing in my pants as a 22-year-old grown man. And I, <laughs> I wake up, and thankfully... Thankfully, I'm laying on my back because I was staying at a friend's house, and she let us use her son's room, and I was sleeping in his bed. And so I'm peeing. I'm sitting there as a 22-year-old grown man peeing in my pants and thinking, if I was laying on my stomach, I'd be peeing on the bed right now. And so I, I get up, and I run to the bathroom, and I finish what I started. Um, but I had to, you know, you would think at 22, you're too mature to pee in your pants. But what did Adam Sandler say, right? Have you, <laughs> you're not cool enough to pee in your pants. So, um, so. I want to talk about grace, you guys, because this has been a subject um, that the Lord has really been putting on my, my heart lately, and I, I've um, realized that it's not something we ever move on from. Um, it's, it's often thought of as an elementary principle of Christianity, um, 
that it's a doctrine we learn when we first come to Jesus and then we kind of move on from it to more um, mature, deeper things. But it's grace is something that we never graduate from. It, the reality of what Jesus went through on the cross, his grace cannot become comfortable for us. It must never lose its wonder, its awe, its shock, its value. It must never lose that for us, you guys. It has to be consumed daily. Grace has to permeate every fiber of our being. It has to, you guys. We must become citizens of grace. We need to dwell within the city limits of grace, you guys. We have to take up residence there, make our home in the city limits of grace. Life is not sustainable anywhere else. And the older you get, the more you will learn that lesson, that life is not sustainable apart from grace, you guys. It really isn't. Our relationships have to have the residue of grace in them. The way we treat others has to have the aroma of grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of work, so that no one may boast. That verse the Lord spoke to me couple weeks ago, and so I really started getting into it. Um, the original language for that verse, it, where it says, for by grace you have been saved, it's a definite article. Um, so that means that it says, for by the grace you have been saved. Uh, is, would there be a way to like turn the lights down just a little bit? I feel like I'm blind. Um, if not, it's okay. Um, but so it says, for by the grace you have been saved. That means that this grace that, that uh, Paul's talking about here, it's a definite grace. It's a specific grace. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Um, so God's grace is different from all other graces. It's a singular grace, you guys. It says, for by the grace. It's altogether different than every other grace known to man. The grace of God is the only thing that has the power to forgive sin. It's the only thing that has the ability to save. The only grace that is capable of making me stand before God is the grace of Jesus Christ on the cross, you guys. That is the only grace that is capable. And I want to look at a woman tonight. I'm not going to talk for very long, you guys, so if you can just try and hold the whispers and stuff, that would be awesome. Um, I want to talk about a woman named Mar uh, Mary. And uh, so I'm going to look at John 12, 2 and 3 really quick. Um, Mary understood the importance 
of being in the presence of grace. She understood the value of grace. Um, so 2 and 3 says, So they made him a supper there, right? Yeah. So they made him, well, I'll start in verse 1 so you guys know what's going on. Jesus, therefore, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there, and Martha was serving. But Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very costly perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. That was, you guys, so when it says that perfume that she poured on his, on Jesus, that was roughly a year's, the value of that perfume was roughly a year's worth of wages. She understood the value of grace. How much is grace worth to you? How much is it worth in your life, you guys? When you've encountered grace firsthand, you realize that life is not possible without it, and it leads you to extravagance. It leads you to do things that other people would look at and think, that's way too extravagant. That's way too much of a waste to do to you a year's worth of wages right there. Her adoration for Jesus and her desperation for grace caused a fragrance that permeated all those around her. It said it filled the room with the smell. Her desperation for grace and her complete abandonment to Jesus, to the person of Jesus, it caused a fragrance that touched all those around her. When you come in contact with Jesus, you guys, when you really spend time in his presence, people are going to know it by your actions. You're not going to have to preach at them. You're not going to have to to pull out the Bible and hit them over the head with it, they're going to know it by your actions because people are going to smell it. Luke 10, I'm going to turn over to Luke 10 here. This is another verse about the same Mary, um, 38 through 42 here. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her, her home. She had a sister called Mary who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. And then you guys probably know the story, like Martha comes up and says, like, hey, I'm doing all this work, and Mary's just sitting at your feet. Aren't you going to do anything? And um, Jesus says, you know, Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Um, Mary chose to reside in the presence of grace. Mary knew that grace had an identity and his name was Jesus and she chose to reside in his presence. She understood the importance of grace. 
when you guys really get a hold of how much grace means, you will understand that, like Mary, you will go to extravagant lengths to stay in the presence of grace. I wanna, I'm going to close with a story, you guys. Um, my dad, for many years, was a probation officer. Um, most of my life, actually, he was a probation officer. And then he became a pastor. So we were pretty screwed as kids growing up because <laughs> we didn't get away with anything. Um, he, he had a guy in San, I grew up in Santa Maria. In Santa Maria, there's two major gangs that kind of run the drug trade. And uh, there, my dad had one of the gangs, I'm not gonna talk about which ones they are, who, just in case anybody knows anybody, but one of the gangs was started by seven guys. And, and um, my dad had one of the seven as a, uh, he, you know, as a probate, when he was a probation officer, he, he had them, so. This guy's name was Eddie, and um, so my dad had Eddie as a kid, and then Eddie got you know in trouble for for drugs and gang stuff, and and my dad had to arrest him, and he sent him to, off to prison, and so Eddie spent I don't even know how long it was I think it was like 15 years in prison, um, and. Uh, he found he he came to know Jesus in, in prison, and so he he got saved in prison. And um, when he got out, my parents used to do a Bible study on Monday nights. Um, when he got out, he came, and so <laughs> my parent we lived in like Orchid, which uh, is not really a gang area at all. Um, and so most of the people that came to my parents' Bible study were, were middle-aged, middle-class white people. And um, Eddie came, shows up one evening, and he is head-to-toe, gang tattoos, still dressed like the gnarliest gangster you will ever see, and looks like he would just kill you in a second. And he comes into the... Um, to our living room, and I, I remember it still so vividly because I happened to be walking from my bedroom to the kitchen at the time when he came in, and I just see this like crazy looking gangster, and and I'm like, oh my gosh, are we getting robbed? Like you know, like I didn't know what was going on, and uh, and and my dad sees Eddie and he goes Eddie, and uh, you know Eddie just lights up with a big smile and they hug and. And, um, and so they, you know, they reconnect. And, and I hear my dad say, you know, Eddie, do you realize that the last time I saw you, I was putting handcuffs on you as a criminal, and now I'm hugging you in my home as my brother. And the, the reality that, you know, the, the difference that had taken place in Eddie's life definitely um, stuck with me. But the, the story is, is much, much deeper than that. So my dad reconnects with Eddie, and he, they start doing things together. Like Eddie, um, Eddie starts sharing his testimony, and my dad takes him um, to these colleges, like Westmont College. I'm not sure if you're, you've heard of it. It's a, like a very um, uh, wealthy college down in Santa Barbara Christian College. And my dad has Eddie share his 
testimony and share about his life um, in, in the gang lifestyle and stuff to the criminal justice department down there. And uh, so Eddie just gets to travel around and share his testimony and stuff. And, and um, one day he tells my dad, he says, you know, because um, the, the gang that Eddie helped start was part of the, um, the Mexican mafia that runs the, the drug trade. And, and he, so when he accepted the Lord, he, uh, he walked out of the gang. And, and when you, you can't do that, like it's, they call it blood in, blood out. You, if you join the gang, the only way you get out of the gang is you, they kill you. Um, and, and so he might, you know, my dad was talking to Eddie and, and Eddie tells him this. He says, yeah, so they put a hit out on me. So like they gave me the green light is what he called it. And that means that anybody that works for the mafia has the right to kill this guy, no questions asked. And there's a bounty on his head, so they would get like a um, reward kind of type of thing. And so Eddie says, yeah, they green lighted me. And, and so, you know, and my dad's like, well, Eddie, let's move you. Like, we'll, we'll move you to a different city. We'll get you safe. And, and um, Eddie's like, no, you know, um, I'm at peace with where I'm at with the Lord. And so he, he said, um, he goes, you know, I just tell you this. Eddie told my dad, he's like, I just tell you this because I want you to know that if they ever find me in a motel room with a needle in my arm and they say that I overdosed on heroin, that I just want you to know that I didn't. I didn't go back to drugs. I didn't go back to the gang lifestyle that that's how they kill you when they catch you. They, they, they overdose you and they make it look like a suicide, like overdose. And he's like, I just, it's important to me that you know that, that I didn't go back to that lifestyle. And so Eddie continued to share his face, continued to um, uh, minister with my dad. And about two or three months later, Eddie was found in a motel room with a needle in his arm. And they said he overdosed. Um, Eddie understood the value of grace. And he was willing to go to an extravagant length to live out that grace in his life. He entered grace's city limits and he resided there. He built his house there. And he never departed. Eddie lived two lives. He lived one before the Lord, one before he found grace, and he lived one after. And the one after still affects eternity today. It's affected my life in a profound way. I know it's affected my dad's. And it's affected the hundreds and hundreds of people that he got to share his faith with. Because he understood just how much grace was worth in his life. And so my challenge for you guys is to really take an account of what grace is worth in your life. Take an account of what Jesus means to you. What, his, what is the value of what he did to you? 
if you think that you've never done anything wrong and that you can earn your way to heaven, then grace has no value. If your relationship like mine with the Lord for so long was based on, is based on merit, is based on, on earning your way there, then grace has no value. But when you realize exactly what he's done for us and what we really deserve, then grace will lead you to extravagance. And it will, like Mary, permeate. It will fill the room around you with the fragrance that people will know just how much you value grace. Um, Eddie, ha- his family still lives in Santa Maria, and a few months after his funeral, um, my dad ran into his sister, and his sister came up and told him, he goes, you know, because my dad got to share at his funeral, and he shared about how Eddie changed his life and what he did, and, and his sister came up and said, you know, my mom never heard anybody speak of Eddie in the, the manner that you did. She never heard anybody speak about Eddie with the type of respect and admiration that my dad spoke of him. And the only way that somebody can change, somebody like Eddie, the only reason why somebody has that drastic of a change in their life is because they encounter grace and they acknowledge its value. And so that's my, that's my challenge to you guys. Just how much is grace, wor- grace worth to you guys? Don't, don't be like me. Don't get into your 30s and all of a sudden have this realization that you've taken it for granted your whole life. Um, that's it, you guys. I appreciate you guys letting me share with you. I appreciate if you don't. I, pre- I appreciate if you don't put on social media about me peeing in my pants, too. That would be awesome. Man, one more round of applause for Dan for sharing with us. Gosh. That was so good. Yeah, worship team, you guys can come up. Um, wow. How many guys were, like, affected, impacted by what Dan just shared? Yeah, I know I was. That was awesome. Um, <clears throat> grace. Grace is something that we don't deserve, like what Dan's saying. We don't deserve it, but God gives it to us. Nothing that we have done, you guys get that? Nothing that we have done gives us grace. We don't deserve it at all. He gives it to us freely. God loves us so much. The Bible says that God loves us so much, an extravagant amount of love. And while we were sinners, right, God sent his son for us. 
What does that mean? That means God literally said, I choose my only son. I'm going to send him to the earth to, to save my creation. God, who's up in heaven, who doesn't have to, doesn't have to give us grace, right? This is, this is the message of God. This is the message of Jesus. He doesn't have to give us grace. He doesn't have to save us. We could have just continued having to pay for all the sins, all the things we've done. But God is so giving. He's so gracious. He's so generous. He's so loving. He's so un... He's so unstoppable with his love. Hey, guys. That he chooses his very best and he sends it down to earth in the right time the perfect time. And Jesus comes to the earth and lives a totally sinless life, lives a perfect life, and he loves people, and he teaches about God, and he heals people. He raises people back from the dead. This is our God. He comes down to our level. He's the only God who actually comes into our time, who comes in to meet us. There's no other God like him. There's no other God who's going to give us grace or has authority to give us grace. And that's the whole story of humans is we don't deserve it, but God gives it to us. And each time when we mess up, he just keeps giving us grace. We need to surround ourselves with grace. If you've received grace from God, you should show that to others. Dan shared about a guy who took that to the extreme and just, he knew the grace. He received true grace. And so, you know how he said he lives a different life? That grace from God, you guys, will transform your life if you let it. If you let God come into your life. I guarantee you that'll transform your life. it. It's just, there's nothing more important. God loves each and every single one of you so much. He knows everything about us, and he loves us completely so much, guys. Every part of us. He's here tonight. He's in the room. He wants us to concentrate on him, so Let's, let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's just concentrate on him. God's grace is beautiful. It's sweet. I hope you guys can feel something that's going on here tonight. Every time we come together as a group, we always have an opportunity. I always want to give an opportunity to everybody to respond to what God is doing. It's nothing that we're doing. We're just operating out of his grace. We're just coming to share his story with you. So every time we meet, I want to give you guys that opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. That's what the Bible says. Today is the day that you can receive the free gift of life, of eternal life, if you believe in him. So if you've kind of been in a season of not really trusting God with your life or you've been in a season of not being anywhere in 
the realm of grace or the city limits of grace and you do want that, and that's something you do want to come into, or maybe if it's your first time, you've never heard about God, you've never really taken God seriously, but this is hitting something big with you tonight. And I want to give that opportunity to those people. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, this is just between you and God. You just throw up your hand real quick. Nobody's going to see you. Throw up your hand real quick and put it back down if you want to make a commitment to follow God. If you want to recommit your life to follow God or you want to follow him for the first time. Amen. Yeah. Keep your, keep your head. Keep your heads down. Thank you. God saw that. He's going to honor that. Bible says if we can if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart that God sent Jesus and died and rose again that we will be saved. So I love praying this prayer with you guys. So let's let's repeat this repeat this after me. Let's say it all together with every single mouth in here with every single heart with your heads down, eyes closed, just concentrating on God. Repeat after me, Jesus. I give you my life. It's yours. I want to be filled with your grace. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And God, change my life. I love you. <laughs> In Jesus' name. Oh, and everybody, amen. Amen. It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be some grand, insane, awesome prayer. You don't need some. That was it. That's amazing. That's it. That's it. Amen. If you if you made that commitment, God's gonna honor that. He honors that. So a way that you can honor Him is to start walking out that grace. Talk about that in your small groups. Ask how you can do that. I'll give you step one. Step one: open your Bible. Start reading God's Word. God's living word that's gonna all these verses every story that you hear that us preach from it all comes from the Bible it's all based off of God's living word so please ask about that yeah awesome pray to God talk to him he loves hearing your voice he loves it when you concentrate on him and just so you know if you raise your hand there's a party in heaven <laughs> just so you guys know that <laughs> I think that's so awesome God loves to party Every time somebody makes a commitment to give their life to Christ, there's a party. I don't know about you, but I'm super encouraged by that. That just makes me want to, like, jump for joy. Come on, seriously. Like, that, that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come on. Party. If there's a party up there, there should be a party down here, yeah? 